Welcome to Mostly Max and other things. I am the aforementioned Max. Welcome to another week of this here thing. Um, let's get into it. Uh, so there's like a labor movement popping off in, in this country, but people are not noticing it because um, I guess they're not really defining it as that. But basically... It started, I think, with the fast food folks and the retail folks not wanting to come back to work in places that were underpaying them. Now it's folks who work in offices who were not trying to come back because their companies were not clear on the work-at-home policy, and they're basically trying to shove those butts back into the seats, and these folks are not having it. So apparently a lot of companies are trying to press everybody to get back into the office now that people have been vaccinated and all of that good stuff. And some companies are being ham-fisted about it and failing epically in their communications with their employees. And people are like, yeah, I'm good. I'm out. I'm not coming back, period. So (laughs) one case was this woman who uh, she ran like a publishing outfit and she was talking all of this craziness about um, people working from home and how they're not really meeting um, no, they're not hustling or some nonsense, she said. Anyway, it doesn't matter. She's stupid. Anyway, she says some stupid shit about how, you know, people <laughs> people need to come back to the office so that they can really be more efficient with their work. And if they don't want to come back to the office, then she can just change their designation to contractors and take away their health care and all these other, like, not-so-veiled threats. So, of course, her employees responded by saying, well, we are not going to publish shit. How about that? We're just not going to publish anything. And then, of course, she had to backtrack all of it. And also, a lot of what she was saying was wild illegal. (laughs) And she'd have been fucked if she played herself for real, for real. So, yeah, she's probably going to see a lot of people uh, leaving, just like a lot of other companies where they were like, during the pandemic, which is still going on, by the way, don't be fooled. Um, we're saying things like, oh, we'll probably be working from home indefinitely and it's all good and blah, blah, blah. And then they'll flip it and be like, psych, never did that. Uh, you need to be back in the office because you can't work efficiently from home. Meanwhile, a whole year just went by of people working efficiently from home to their own detriment sometimes because when they were home, they weren't getting pulled into a bunch of bullshit so they could just work longer hours and, you know, had the flexibility to work when they needed to or whatever, whatever. So companies were doing shit like that. Then there were other outfits who just were very poor in the way that they um, explained what, if any, the policy was going to be. They wouldn't actually bring in the employees to kind of discuss what things, you know, a survey, just a basic fucking survey. They could have started with that. But a lot of companies didn't do that shit. And they just kind of were like, well, that the work from home thing is going to be this, that, and the next. Or they're saying we're hybrid now and blah blah aren't you guys happy? But people know that it's like y'all realized the math was nice, nice for you to have everybody working from home and it was wild cheap and you didn't have to pay for supplies when your employees were doing it for the last year, which they should be reimbursing people because employee, um, employees, because, um, Supplies are not cheap. I found that out as a person who owns their own shit. I was like, oh, the good pens are how much? Damn. Anyway, yeah, people are fucking it up. They're fucking up on every chance, every kind of way they can. They're trying to give gas to, you know, maintaining culture. But, like, really, the culture is why nobody wants to come back. So maybe make it flexible so people don't feel like they're hamstringed or that they're being pressed. And like people who moved away because they were told by their organizations that they were, they were going to be able to maintain their work from home status. And people moved like 50 miles away from places that they worked at and moved with fiancés and shit like that. And Cass is like, psych! And they had to quit those jobs and start all over, which is some bullshit. But, you know, capitalism requires you to come into the office so you can watch your boss stunt in his corner office. I mean, if you're in the house, you can't watch him flex on you in his uh, floor-to-ceiling windowed office and and just be a douchebag to you. Who would want to sit that out? Anyway, moving on. I read this really great article 
um, that covered an oral history of a different world, its beginnings, its endings, all the folks who worked on it, and all the ups and downs they dealt with. And did you guys know that Meg Ryan was going to be Maggie? But she turned down the role because she wanted to, to um, you know, do movies. Meg Ryan instead of Marissa Tomei. Can you even imagine? That'd probably be the blackest thing you ever seen Meg in. Ever. Quietly. Marissa, too. Anyway, yeah, I can't even wrap my mind around that. And that um, the dude who played Ron was going up for the part of Dwayne Wayne. I can't see that either. I, mean, I just... And then, like, they also told you how they rolled out all the other characters. It was really, really interesting. I'm going to put a link to the article in the show notes. It was really, really interesting. Um, but the, the key takeaway of that is that show never won anything. Now, never was nominated, never got a push, never got good PR, never nothing. But it was number one or number two in in the country every week at its peak, right behind or right before um, Cosby. And NBC treated them like stepchildren. Like, did you know, because they do PR pushes for those awards. They don't, the shit doesn't just happen in a vacuum. Cats have to do your, for your considerations and whatever, whatever. They didn't do nothing like that for a different world. And to the end, they just shat on them. And I, that's a running thing with all of these networks that aired what became iconic ass black shows culturally that are still moving the culture to this day, for the record. Um, They really didn't put anything into them, even in the way that, where they shot the shows, where they, where they, this, the sets that they did the shows on, like they just really didn't give them the play that they gave a Friends or a Cheers or um, pretty much, you know, a 90210 or anything like that. So I find that I, I, you want you're not surprised, but it's like wow, this shit was blatant. You know what I mean? And it, it was these people were doing the best work of their lives and shit, and basically um, got played to the left like redheaded stepchildren. And mind you, shout out to Fox, they built their whole everything off of black shows, everything like as and and they don't acknowledge that history at all. It like they just popped out fully formed with whatever the fuck. Like there wasn't a, an In Living Color or a Martin or or a Living Single to put them on. Or same shit with fucking the WB or the CW now. It used to be the WB and then it merged with UPN. I'm, I'm aging myself. But basically all of those networks jumped off on the backs of black viewers. And they do not acknowledge that shit at all. And it's some fucking bullshit. Anyway. Um, definitely read the article. It was really, really cool to see the inner workings and how Debbie Allen came in there and just set it the fuck off and made it amazing. Definitely check it out. Um, yesterday was the first anniversary of George, George Floyd's murder. And people are asking the question, (laughs) um, has policing changed? And they're asking this question with a straight face. Um, I read a really good article in the New York in New York magazine, which basically ran down all of everything, pretty much how um, all of the noise that people made about defunding and and how, you know, basically everything you've heard is basically gone the way of the dodo. Um, Nothing that came nothing that they claimed was going to come out of this came out of this and like we're not surprised all the corporations who are in solidarity and black lives matter and big black squares on their fucking instagrams and giant uh, missives about black lives mattering and in the current situation and skeet 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 it was all fucking bullshit basically they've all gone back to being corporations <laughs> that don't do anything and don't change anything and don't say anything worth listening to. It's not surprising, but also kind of like people were in the streets like that because they couldn't look away. So now they get the masses back into the office and get them back into the rat race every day so that they won't notice how all of this stuff affects everything. And 
It's as, it, it really is as American as apple pie, to be quite fucking honest. And it's just amazing to truly amazing but not really because you know what you're getting like if you're if you've ever spent any time as a black person in this country you know what the fuck the time is any person who ain't white knows what the time is and even if they want to pretend that they don't anyway not surprising at all in other news a grand jury has been impaneled for the rat king here in new york um, they're going to have them meeting like twice a week for like the next few months to unravel all of the criminality in that alleged organization and that crime syndicate that he was running for the last, I don't know, 40 plus years. Um, basically, the the AG and the DA in Manhattan have crewed up and they got, you know, when cats want to, they that as the saying goes... They can get a grilled cheese sandwich indicted if they really want to. So these cats will meet him multiple times a week to run through all of the shit that they found on this cat. I really, really hope this is the chickens coming home to roost for this cat. Like, I need some fucking something for this cat. Like, he can't just wander around here a big stupid fucking oaf really of the belief that he could pull up and just get to the shit again. My thought though is they might go through all of this stuff and, you know, do the whole dancing and singing thing about it. But in the end, they'll be too shook to move forward because the wingdings are going to definitely pull up on some next level shit. I can see all this performative activity happening on the federal level with all of those dummies that are in there who go up for the rat King talking about how they're going to, you know, strip us of money or whatever the fuck type of dumb shit they're going to try to say that the city ain't going to get and the state going to do this and la la la. But hopefully this is the beginning of the end and he dies in prison. That would be like major motherfucking key. Like I want everybody to snitch. There are a lot of people who know a whole lot of things and I hope everybody snitches and they all come in in front of that grand jury and they indict and we can get this motherfucking party started so we can find out for real for real how deep it all goes because it goes deep so looking forward to that very 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 much anywho this week on the podcast i got to sit down and talk to frank william miller jr who is pretty much responsible for half my wardrobe all his graphic tees are life and you can see me wearing one on the cover of this here podcast. It was a really sweet, thoughtful um, conversation about his career and how he got here and really, really fun and um, smooth little tea. And I enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoy it. And it's coming up in two seconds. Today on the podcast, I have a legendary graphics designer Indie record label owner, uh, Globetrotter, rap game, cat lady, responsible for 50% of my wardrobe, as evidenced in the cover pick for this here podcast. Welcome, Frank William Miller Jr. Welcome to Mostly Max and Other Things. Thank you for having me. Um, Pleasure. I'm glad we're yeah. doing this. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm I'm glad we were able to to schedule this. Like I know it's 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 been a few weeks where we're just like, hey, let's do this and forgetful <laughs> and being buried in like COVID you know, COVID household responsibilities. Of course. Yeah, this is fun. Thanks. No problem. I know you'd be booked and highly busy and stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks for carving out some time for this. So sure. let's get started. First question: what do you do and why do you do it? Oh, okay. Um, first question, what do I do and why do I do it? Um, the day job, what pays my bills and, you know, funds my hobbies is I'm the, de the design director at a social impact agency called uh, Matter Unlimited. Um, so like my elevator pitch is it's an ad agency that, you know, is trying to save the trees and save the whales. We do a lot of um, you know, for a lot of work for like philanthropies and nonprofits and for-profit companies that have, you know, like social impact um, initiatives. Um, I guess the biggest, I've only been there, I've been there just under a year, but I started talking to them around this time 
uh, around February 2020, right? Just before we went into lockdown for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the longest standing clients they've had is uh, um, Merck, big pharmaceutical company based out of Germany, I believe. Mm-hmm. But they have an, an initiative called Merck for Mothers where they've pledged $500 million to try to end uh, maternal mortality. So they fund mm-hmm. a lot of like local organizations you know, across the global South, but also here in America, they have, um, you know, a lot of initiatives on like Philly and New Orleans and, you know, a lot of places where, you know, primarily um, women of color and like communities of color are underserved right. uh, and, and you know, trying to find um, ways to change, you know, birth outcomes um, for, for women with less resources. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a long way from like what I previously did graphic design for, which was, you know, a lot of entertainment, video games, you know, selling alcohol and, and starter Lexuses to 24 <laughs> to 34 year olds or whatever the, the 18 to 34 year olds, whatever that, that, that key demographic that key demographic is. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I, the reason I do that is because, you know, I like pictures in a light color and <laughs> I wasn't very good at math, so computer science wasn't going to be it. And it feels helpful to like um, try to put a little, you know, like a little bit of paint onto initiatives that might be, you know, initiatives and worldviews and 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 like group politics that might be hard to understand just with words, but like trying to graphically make a shorthand for people to connect with ideas that could be bigger than them or, or that they might. Um, might want to um, contribute to. I love that. That's dope. Because I mean, if you have to work for the corporates, at least if, if you have to, if you have to, at least let it be servicey. <laughs> yeah, you know, like Comrade Biden hasn't canceled these student loans yet. So. <laughs> I need him. Might as well enjoy yourself while you're digging yourself out of that hole. Might as well. I mean, I, my student loans are just sitting there like, hey, girl. And I'm like, Jesus paid it. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Covered in the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Best of luck to you all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can that shit. That would be. God can forgive all my sins. You can forgive, me all. <laughs> you can forgive the fact that I'm likely going to my grave with this debt. So <laughs> you can get a baby casket like right next to me. <laughs> I feel like it makes it easier once you go. Like you know what? When I'm a corpse, they can't get it. So that <laughs> <laughs> <God> helps. <laughs> yeah, on your on your deathbed, uh, separate from your spouse. So they don't, they're not responsible for you. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'm getting divorced right now. <laughs> I don't want you holding this bag. <laughs> yeah, you know. All righty. Um, how did you get started in your industry? So when I was in, um, you know, it's the mid, early to mid 90s. My dad bought the family, like the first family computer. And I monopolized the time <laughs> hanging out online. And I could see that. Sitting on message boards with people, you know, like being a, a military kid in South Texas, um, you know, having like lived in a bunch of different places over the, around the world because of my dad's military service, there's a little bit of just like, you know, cultural disconnect from like the majority of my friends. If we were outside of like being on the basketball team together, it wasn't really a lot to talk about then, mm-hmm. or at least I didn't know how to talk about, you know, commonalities and the, like the human experience with people born and raised in South Texas. So I found a lot of my social activity, you know, being on the internet with people on message boards or in the video games and video game soundtracks and anime and just, you know, geeky shit. (laughs) Um, And, you know, like probably around the, like between the ages like 14 and 16, I was in like a little video game design crew where we were making our own like role-playing game, trying to make like our version of Final Fantasy for PC. And I started talking like big trash, like, yeah, I'm about to drop out of high school and make this video game. We're going to be rich, mom. I'm going to get you that new stove you want. Just talking <laughs> loose and crazy with no concept of how the world actually functions. And my parents are like, well, this is, this that's, is about, that's about on brand for that age. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? So my mom was like, this is going off the rails. So my parents pulled the internet, uh, the internet access. They just deaded it. Oh, shit. So, you know, all them little free prodigy, you know, free 30 hours of, of online AOL joints even AOL CDs they tossed all those Damn. Um, and that sort of put put a halt into the video game uh dream at that age so I started messing with like um you know photo editing software uh, there's a program called Corel Photo Paint which is like a that. proto version of, of uh, 
Photoshop, which uh -huh. is the industry standard now. And I just started messing with that instead, discovered a couple like design, online design communities when my parents finally gave us internet back and I stopped talking <laughs> trash about dropping out. Um, and yeah, I just, I just uh, had a lot of fun with that in lieu of no longer being able to like hang, you know, that window for like the video game out of your garage, Steve Jobs dream, I'd uh -huh. like close, but I found something else to sort of distract me. And, and you know, I found it a great way to like tell stories, you know, like that was the age where everybody had like their own, you know, personal web logs and, and mm -hmm. personal sites where they're posting pictures and little artwork they're working on. And, mm -hmm. you know, to this day, a lot of people that I know online, a lot of black people I know in other cities, I've, I've known from that era from us connecting online and then we meet in meet space and we're 20 to 40 years old or however old we're all now, we are all now. Um, so it was sort of like a dream deferred that pushed me into doing design stuff because mm -hmm. I, I had some other some other out, creative outlet online and um, and that was it. And so I started working like when I went to college, I was still messing around with this as a hobby. And I ran into, you know, I met a bunch of like local musicians and DJs who like my college radio station and they all had really, really crappy album covers. <laughs> they, you know, I volunteered my services for severe, uh, severely discounted rates, uh -huh. uh, build up a portfolio. I turned it into an independent study at school so I could get school credit for a lot of these record covers I was doing. Um, and it sort of snowballed from there until, you know, I moved to New York for my day job where we met. <laughs> <laughs> In the yeah. hot 97 days. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, those days. Um, yeah, so it's interestingly enough, like the, the you know, part, part of the like the hiring like matrix for bringing me into hot 97 as the, what was my title then? Um, digital brand manager and art director, I think is the title I left with. Nice. Or they decided I would leave with. <laughs> <laughs> um, was based on an album album cover I did that like one of the the hiring managers from the corporate office in Chicago was familiar with. So I did um, which some people that know who I am know that I did the album cover for the Foreign Exchange um, with Nick Lay and Fonte, their first album cover connected. I remember that. I did all the artwork for that. So when I applied for the job and it was in my portfolio, one of the higher ups in Chicago, who's really loving the record at the time, was like, I don't care what else this dude knows, hire him. <laughs> uh, of course, you know, I was, it was still like, I'm still coming out of like 90s apply for job modes where I'm like following up with the hiring manager, you know, once it's like, hey, just checking in, is there anything I could do and anything else, you know, annoying the marketing manager at Which the time. Hate, the but... marketing director, <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, they finally offered me the job. And then I, it, it was very funny because I ended up, um, rooming a few years later with the with the dude that was applying for the job at the same time and his <laughs> quality of life was so much better <laughs> so like <laughs> I was like oh man you you made out by not getting by not uh, taking me. but I met, I met I met some great people there so you know it wasn't a, a complete wash but it definitely helped um make crystal clear what I want to do with like the rest of my time here on earth and it isn't um you know taking orders from people that don't know any better <laughs> yeah, that was that was the I mean I wasn't um in the in the industry like that at all but I could see very clearly <laughs> during my many many visits that yeah it's like at 24 25 years old or however old I was when I started working there you know I was like yeah within six months they're gonna be playing nothing but little brother and you know most deaf and just all Bless this underground heart, stuff that yeah you know I was just super, super naive I'm like we ain't gonna be listening to all this this commercial garbage, right? <laughs> and lo and behold, nah, you man, know. you gotta edit these slap fights, bro. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. So it was funny the 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 slap fest stuff. Like when I got there, I think they were like in the middle of a suit over it. And <laughs> Somebody got their ear rocked or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, something, something crazy. And then like a couple of years, you know, like after I left, it was it was a few years later, and like I, I feel like Ebro asked me like, "Hey, man, do you?" having to have any CDs with like any of the, the raw files from that. Like we need it for the case. Oh, am I supposed to be talking about this? Fuck it. Um, <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't know. You know, I don't know where it is. But then like when we moved from LA, when me and my girl moved from LA to back to Seattle here where she's from, you know, I found like an old spool of CDRs and found one of the Slapfest DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> so I DM'd him like, yo, do you still need this? He didn't respond. But I think, I think by then we had stopped like following each other on social media. because Right. Oh answers. man, that's that was it's funny to see how some of the people from that period because mm -hmm. you were at hot during the 
big shiny suit period. Like it was like, you know, bad boy ran it all. Basically they were cashing checks for bad boy pretty much for the entire time. I mean. I can either confirm or deny. <laughs> I mean, I'm. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember way. what my um, Allegedly. My agreement Allegedly. said to get my severance. I don't remember what that said. So I'm gonna be quiet. <laughs> It's been long enough. All the people who are involved in that are like famous and shit now. So it's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but what a time to be there because it was just, it was ignorance o'clock all the fucking time. So. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I miss, um, I miss a lot of the people from them, but I don't, I don't miss those times like going through it. Working yeah. Medical yeah. doctor hours for web designer pay. That wasn't, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't dope. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's kind of like it still has cachet, though. Like you definitely had cachet for working in there. I remember telling some child that I had a friend that worked there, and the kid almost melted down. I was like, "Calm down, it's a record, it's a, it's a radio station. Calm yourself." It's yeah, yeah, that's, that's all. That's all. It's it's, it's not format. What are you talking about? It's it's, it's a corporation. You'll be okay. <laughs> but that was a good time to be there. I mean, and uh, good and bad, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It, it came out pretty well. You came out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, like I said, I learned a lot of lessons. Um, I learned about a lot about like just corporate life and which is why I took such a long time off from it before I started this, um, this current job that I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, man, I really just don't have to answer to people and talk to HR departments if I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, just Unfortunately, that I'm the person people talk to, but the beauty of it, like when you work in corporate, you learn exactly what you do not want. Yeah. <laughs> so now that I work for myself, it's like, huh, I could have been doing this the whole time then. Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> I could have just not been hating life and sitting in a, a like an oatmeal colored cube farm. Yeah, I, just, of days. I just think about like how much nicer I could have been to like everyone around me. And right. I'm not- putting myself through, you know, the rings of capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's a fact. Know, one third of rent in my brownstone, so, <laughs> you know. Trying and, to make sure the, the the fucking mortgage in my brownstone is covered. Yeah. The type of shit that we had to eat, though. So, oh, like, I mean, that was the thing I did learn. Like, I knew exactly what I did not want in an organization if I had anything to do with it and how yeah. I would try to maneuver cats to, like, mostly put the fear of God in them. That's That's usually what I do, like. Maybe the optics on this will look bad and, you know, they could sue you and more optics, bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much what I, what I contribute to the conversation. You could, but (laughs) that's usually how it starts. Anyway, um, my third question is, what do you hope to achieve? What does the final form of your career look like? Oh, um, I don't, I can't. Honestly, I don't know if I've looked that far ahead. Um, you know, like this last four to six to eight years has kind of been like discombobulating. Just um, like especially the last four with you know uh, he who sh- we shall not name being in mm-hmm. office, it was really hard for me to imagine beyond you know the next news cycle. So like I felt I felt like a lot of the last um, you know the last several dozens of months just feeling like paralyzed to imagine like a better world to be in. So I was just like, what can I do good today? That's gonna like, you know, bring a smile to my face, first mm-hmm. and foremost, someone <laughs> else's, you know, and, you know, keep my girl from yelling at me if that's like walking the dog for her or something like that, like, what can we do? Um, so like only, you know, for the, you know, just like I said, under, under within a little bit less than a year, I've been working, you know, like in a day job with other coworkers that I have to be nice to. And they're all great. So like, I don't want, you know, if they ever end up hearing this, I don't want them to think that like I'm being shady. Um, so it's like the first time where I'm, I'm thinking about that again, like what does the next five years of, you know, working for somebody else look like? Um, so I don't really have an answer um, other than I just, I'm finally feeling like free enough to like sit and breathe. I'm like, oh, I don't have like an outright white supremacist, racist, you know, jerk off in office who's like explicitly trying to harm me and people that look like me mm-hmm. or people with like even less privilege than I do mm-hmm. um, um you know Biden was my top choice he wasn't even um, my 12th choice right you know so like you know uh, <laughs> but you know it's 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 like you know scotch tape on a bursting pipe in the basement right now like right it's and it's not nothing. the good kind of tape either but it'll uh, <laughs> 
It'll do. You're definitely, you're definitely going through like hella, hella rolls of it, trying to just uh, right. You know, it's kind of like what the dude that that we bought this place from did, where he just it was a massive crack in the pipe, and instead of like I don't know, fixing it, he just painted it black and hoped that <laughs> it's pretty much what's happening. Right <laughs> <laughs> he didn't paint over a crack. Come on sure now, show did painted over the crack in hopes hey. that we wouldn't notice it. <laughs> I don't know what year it was, but I kind of resigned myself to like, I'm going to be renting for the rest of my life and just like make sure the, the homeowners taking care of stuff. But my girl's not on that plan. So like, I'm, I'm very afraid of, you know, pipes cracking and something that you own yourself and having to like, <laughs> homeownership is a scam. <laughs> <laughs> it is a scam, but it's like, at the same time, there's kind of like a piece and knowing that you can do whatever the fuck you want in here. Yeah, like, and not being you don't have to worry about something you for it, you know? So it's yeah, like... Exactly. <laughs> It's 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 got its perks. I mean, it's not the best when you have a slow leak that's been formed that's been hanging out in your shit for like a decade and you didn't know and you just you know, you know. <laughs> you didn't know. and you're yeah. just like, oh shit, the water pressure is really bad, guys. It's worse than usual. What the fuck? And then it turns out like they gotta dig up shit in the street to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, that's that's not the norm. It's like you know, old houses come with old shit and it comes yeah, for sure, for sure. with new problems. But like, but other than that- It's got good bones. You know? <laughs> it's got good bones and so much co- so much character. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It's, yeah, I, I, I guess so like to answer your question, I think it's, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I have like the mental space to sort of imagine what I want the next few years to look like. I just don't know what that is because I've spent so much of the last four years just like, you know, mentally in disarray. Um, yeah. So, you know, like I, I, I'm just glad to be in the, in like the, the present being able to like to use these soft skills of persuasion mm-hmm. as like a, a designer and an artist to help organize information better for other people to make better choices based on how they interact with information mm-hmm. using it for like, you know, air quote, good causes. Um, yeah, um, I feel like a lot of people have been pushed to like do as much good as possible since we were living under a, a roach nest for the yeah. last four years <laughs> and like just in general like everybody especially on the internet as you know mm. embraces their worst selves so if you can kind of counteract all of that terribleness with some kind of goodness mm. I mean I feel like it's it's a major key if we can get to that part and hopefully it kind of like spreads a little and everybody tries to but I, I don't hold my breath for that kind of thing yeah like the the last year before we moved back to seattle um we were living in boston because megan um was doing uh megan my girlfriend was doing a one year um like visiting professorship at the kennedy school at harvard mm-hmm. and um she's tenured at university of washington but i was you know i've been itching to get back to the east coast pretty much since i left mm-hmm. and like, like this is the perfect way to do it uh-huh. Get some cash for being at Harvard and make some more, you know, connections for like your research and your work. You'll get to see all your East Coast friends from grad school. And I can go to New York every damn weekend. <laughs> um, but it ended up being a situation where um, Columbia University wanted to offer her like a similar sort of like one year visiting professorship and we would be in the city. Mm. So I went down ahead of time and started interviewing at different, um, you know, just seeing what was out there as far as like ad agency work, design work, you know, mm. where they're going to try to get back into entertainment in an official way. Or, or what, um, and I felt like really naive when I interviewed with my current job, um, like not really un- understanding or realizing that there was like a, you know, agencies out here like this. I just figured all ad a- agencies were trying to sell you cigarettes and liquor and like I said, Lexuses. Right. I like, no, we actually want to save the trees and the whales and the dolphins and reverse climate change. And, um, you know, at least that's like the the initial initial sheen. I'm like, oh, I didn't even like, I didn't even know to look for this kind of work. Right. I wouldn't have thought of it either. Like, you when don't I have think like of... more energy to to do it. You know, right. Like I'm, like a, I'm like at a low hum versus like revving. You know, <laughs> my V12 anymore. Like it's that's definitely... that middle age, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, I'm, I'm I'm like I can get to top speed. It just takes me a lot longer. You know, at this point. Um. So yeah, I, I felt a little. You know, and, and I feel like many people that have been coming to the company since I've been there are, in, are co- coming with like a similar sort of like, uh, you know, awakening, like, oh, um, you know, I've been working in, in the ad marketing space for, for Mad Long, and now I want to do this, you know, like I want to communicate ideas that will actually help us, not right. just, you know, make some some corporation, some CEO and some board rich. Right. Uh, but like a lot of us are like, you know, the, you know, band of like, 
misplaced broken toys <laughs> you know that are that are you know trying to do good with whatever time they have left um so right. yeah i appreciate that part but i don't know what like the next five ten years from you know which is fair because i mean who knows like it's like we've been living under like an existential freaking yeah nightmare for like for so long it's kind of like it's kind of like kicked puppy syndrome like you've been kicked for like a very long time so like now stuff looks almost sort of normal to you you're like i i, I can't trust it can't, can't trust, trust it, it. Can't trust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay um my fourth question is what advice would you give to someone who's interested in your work um my work do you mean like the field that i work in like doing graphic design do you mean like agency stuff uh, the whole kit and caboodle, whichever one you feel most comfortable giving advice for. Um, I don't know. Everybody's situation is very, very different. It's like what, um, and let's keep it a hundred. Like this last six years, as I've been like, you know, going through, it, I mean, we've all been going through it, but like in my own, my own way, like what's kept us afloat beyond, you know, occasionally landing like a really, really fun, high paying design project as a freelancer has been, you know, my girl having a tenured job, you know, like there are a lot of, a lot of noodling around and like not knowing what I want to do that's mm -hmm. been afforded to me because my partner has like a stable for it. Like they can't get rid of her. Like right she would on. have to like blow up a building for them to take away. <laughs> tenure, right? right on. Um, and, you know, not a lot of people have a partner that's willing to like put up with that type of shit. Like you see threads about eight shit niggas on Twitter all the time. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, um, like, you know, you could do a whole a whole thread on like what I ain't been doing the last six years outside of like making myself laugh and making a few other people laugh. So like there's you know, there's not a lot of advice I can give on like just do what you want to do and only what you want to do because that's not realistic for everybody, right? Right. Um but you know, if you it's if you can align, you know, how you you pay to stay alive, which is like, you know, a, the lie of capitalism in general, mm. and still sort of align that with like what you feel like your purpose is. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess try to inch as close to that as possible. And just like, you know, it's like a new software update every day. It gets a little bit more perfect with each little like patch, you know, like, so mm -hmm. like my first job, I thought that's what I wanted at 25, 26 years old, but you know, three months in, I realized my job working at Blockbuster when I dropped out of college was a much better job, you know, like how I felt every day coming in and going home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, than what I did having, you know, a, a full-time corporate job with benefits and like a little 401k package and, you know, whatever. Um, so I guess it's, it's a matter of like what working as an artist isn't necessarily lucrative for the most, for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, like, the way at least this country is set up in my opinion that like arts and how we treat art is is sort of like a like dessert or like a, a cherry on top but mm -hmm. you know it's not the most value or we don't treat it with value you know which you know can unless be seen it makes in. money of course yeah unless it makes money and then you know then we try to replicate you know down to the t and and, and dilute and it to like nothing yeah um so it, it, it's tough to tell an artist to just like do what you want at all times because, you know, like it, it, there's, there's a lot, um, a, a lot of what makes an artist successful is, is also like, you know, their networking and who values what they do that can influence other people to, to see value in that. Right. You know, um, you know I, I have jokes for like Virgil Abloh all day. Uh -huh. sure it may be like a, 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 a small time fashion designer that none of us know about that like, has better ideas and could make cooler clothes, right. but doesn't have like a Louis Vuitton or right. the Kanye West proximity industrial complex surrounding them. Exactly. Um, the machine is not ramping up for them the same way. Yeah, you know, it's like, um, you know, there, there's like little Instagram meme artists selling NFTs for millions of dollars. And like- I don't even, I can't even get my brain to work on how those- I to understand it. It's the, <laughs> yeah, me too. Cause like, <laughs> It's I'm waiting for it to blow over unless they keep doing it. It's like, it's kind of like Bitcoin where it's just like made yeah. up shit where everybody just caking off some kind of way off of it. And I'm not really sure how, but. Yeah, you know, I could buy, I could buy one pair of Jordans at resale with the amount of Bitcoin I had that I forgot about from a few years ago. And I was like, okay, what's this? But it's not one of those things like I want to bank my, my lifestyle and my future on trying to figure out. And like, maybe yeah. I'll eat my words. Maybe NFTs will make sense and stop burning whole forests down to, 
make Ethereum coins to pay for the shit. I don't know. I just don't. It I'm feels not even clear how they're destroying the forest by making this made up shit. I just. Ooh, they it, feel, it feels scammy, so I'm staying away from it. Correct. <laughs> so, so, it feels massively <laughs> scammy. Like, yeah. you know, so they always find like I, a newfangled way to scam. And it's yeah, kind of, I was like, look, like, how about we just destroy capitalism so we don't have to find ways to scam to get ahead of other people in the same position as us. But I guess, I guess, like to, to my point, is like you know, there there are artists that because they're doing something brand new and exciting like NFTs and selling, you know, every post on their Instagram account, or at least the idea of for 50, you know, like sure, there's some artist that's coming out of RISD or some state college, you know, art department that's like great skill-wise, but right. nobody knows. And therefore like their skills are happening in a vacuum. Right. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't really have advice for artists other than do what you want to do at all times as, you know, your personal safety and well-being allows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've like, like I said, I've been fortunate, you know, you know, in New York when I was unemployed and underemployed freelancing, having roommates to sort of like, you know, bring my total cost of living down while I'm trying to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, you know, the last several years, you know, going through like a, a sort of like eternal existential dread because of who's running the country and, and like realizing for the first time in my life that like, oh, the world isn't going to get continue, continue to be better every day that I, I live. Like it's, it'll either stay the same or get worse. Right. And like, you know, we all mobilize and try to make it better, but there's so many different factors keeping us at bay. That's like, you know, nihilism is just like, was just overwhelming. And yeah. while working through all that, my girl's like kind of an eternal optimist, which confuses me. <laughs> uh, That's my husband yeah. in this particular household as well. Right. Like, well, there's always blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's all garbage. We're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I, blessed and highly favored to, to, to have that support system to, right. to be there. So, like, I know, again, I know that's not everybody everybody's situation. So what's worked for me personally that's kept me, me motivated and going is, is trying to find what my purpose is, you know, that week, that mm-hmm. month, that year, that phase of life, and, like, stick as close to that as possible. So, like, you know, out of, out of college, my, that first 10 years, like, we're, I'm going to single-handedly save hip-hop with my friend <laughs> and then you know like that became less and less important to me realizing how you know finally realizing how much you know I was actually up against and who am I to say what's better hip-hop or not you know there's a time and place for everything right you know like, right. like I like I like a lot of shit now you can be the old nigga at the club talking about this is garbage and then oh yeah that was me at like 26 you know so like <laughs> I remember <laughs> who's gonna be that in their 40s telling these children what they shouldn't shouldn't listen to you know Um, yeah so it's it's, uh i guess just know just know what you want to spend your time doing because tomorrow isn't promised i know it Um, sounds really hokey but the shit is true i mean this whole last year has taught us very 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 intimately Mm -hmm. that you don't know what the hell is going to happen so you can do what you want but you also have to make sure you can eat that's really what it comes down to yeah all right. Um, yeah, I guess my other advice was uh, would be to make sure that you eat if you have the ability to. If you're if you're a designer and, and you're like young and you got a lot of energy and you just you spend so much time in front of your computer, not going outside, getting some fresh air when you can. I used to forget to eat all the time. You know, um, I eat really well now. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I hope that echo made it onto the onto the podcast. <laughs> I see your food pictures. Yes, I see. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, make sure you eat. Make sure you take care of yourself. Drink some water, yo. You know, do a mind your business. Head. I always tell people, hey, business. mind your business. Drink your water. Eat be well. On sometimes, you know. Yeah, but you can be messy. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I love mess. I can't pretend that I don't love mess, but I will mind my business. I will go into. I'm see the the problem is I feel like for the youngs is that they want to document it all mm. for everybody. I'm a believer in taking your burdens to the group chat. Like you seen this bullshit. <laughs> that link to your friends and talk about it there you ain't got to tell everybody <laughs> yeah it's just it's, it's it's sort of like a like a weird spider graph where i have like you know six or seven different group chats so like i can talk about certain things with them exactly and i get tired of running run tell that to all the different corners of this graph so like fuck it hit the timeline bah, exactly bah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true you know, well, everybody syndicate. can find out about it here <laughs> that's that's my billion dollar app idea find a, a an app that can syndicate conversations to the appropriate group chats 
and all your different yeah. <laughs> it doesn't let na- nazis take it over and shit like that <laughs> yeah that's a major key don't let the nazis or, or, or to live quality bots you oh know? jesus what the hell happened to that guy was he always like that yeah that's one of the th- that's one of the things like man maybe i'm not that great a judge of character yeah um jesus. yeah i don't know maybe it's something i just overlooked because you know i like the b2s rapping on all this time. and i like to go to the bookstore back in the day i guess maybe that yeah. was romanticized or some shit yeah good grief Anywho. Yeah, you know, hey, we're we're all we're all dealing with stuff, or probably in in his case, and a lot of people's case, not dealing with stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, the internet allows us to be our worst selves. Factual. <laughs> so, <Back> yeah. <laughs> okay, last question: What was the worst job you've ever had? The worst job I've ever had. Um, it's a two-part answer. I mean, definitely. Hot Night 7 is like the obvious choice um, right. for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, like for, 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 for many of the people that work, th- uh, that work there, um, I think it's hard to marry like your passion and your interest with like a very, very corporate structure that sees what you love and your culture as just a product of self. Right. So like that, that, that dichotomy was like, was tough to balance. You know, like I'm here to somehow slip my friends and make sure that we're hearing like you know fucking sara and bilal and mm-hmm. and you know underground rappers that i like on air all day <laughs> which was incomplete you know like is that going to get listeners to listen to the station all day so we can sell these pepsi ads like right or i didn't care black based ads for like everest college or whatever yeah you know so like th- that that part was terrible also i was working there during the the, the 2008 recession so like having your corporate salary reduced by like one to three <laughs> percent, like in the middle of a, of a recession uh, with rent still going up every year was, was pretty stressful to deal with um, in one of the most expensive cities in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and then more expensive. Yeah. You know, and like without naming names and like, I don't really, I'm not like bitter about it anymore, but had some pretty like toxic leadership and just, or just people that were, that didn't have any real like management training, sort of learning as they went along and not- it showed. Yeah, you know, and, and, and it showed and, and you saw, you know, like younger employees or employees with less like, you know, corporate stature and power suffer because of that. Right. And not like really being able to do anything to like stand in the way of like some of the, the brunt of like bad management decisions or just like, you know, on the job bullying. So like in that yeah. sense- um, And they banked on you guys being too young to really push back. Which is the reason yeah, for why sure. they were attracted to your skill sets and everything else. Yes, but also the youth, you were like, ah, I bet we're going to um, do what we want and they're not going to do nothing. Yeah, I, re- I remember the first year I, I started getting like paid in summer jam tickets with like the <laughs> unspoken expectation that you would like flip them and hustle them on the side. Wow. I'm like, how about y'all just pay me what I'm worth and don't, you know, like I'm not going to be standing on the corner watching any gays yo you know fulton and st james like yo i got the summer jam tickets you know know, like i'm not doing that like i'm just giving you know thousands of dollars worth of summer jam tickets away to like people that i thought would enjoy the show right um yeah there's a lot of them like it felt predatory like you know preying on like young people's desire to be in the mix versus Mm -hmm. paying them what 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 the job you know, demanded. paying them an exposure and cachet and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Um, no money, just vibes. <laughs> yeah, just vibes. Like, dang, when you really, you know, after you after a while, you're like, all right, you know, getting in the club without standing in line that that gets boring after about three weeks. Right. You know, but you know, you're 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 saving that last twenty dollars until that that direct deposit hit on Monday. <laughs> you know, midway through the month, like, man, this is this is not supposed to be. You know, like after leaving that job and seeing what that same sort of work paid in other industries um i felt like goofy for having done it for as long as i did right and so like you know getting shit canned from there was like one of the best things that that happened to me but the second the other tied for worst job was um right after hot 97 i worked uh you know like as a contractor for um decon records which is now mass appeal Mm. um you know so they they did a lot of like uh, they were like a, a hybrid record la- underground hip hop record label, film production company, ad agency, hmm. and um, you know so they put out a, like a lot of um, I don't know like you know Alchemist beat compilations and like maybe some 
dilated people's uh, you know uh, adjacent albums um they had jay electronica signed for a little bit which is sort of how i ended up over there um but that nigga didn't pay people <laughs> and you know, so like this last summer when he was doing all that you know play black creatives and and right i saw that all that shit i like i had to light that fool up because he still owes me you know five g's or so I don't remember at this point because like I don't need the money now, but I did then when I had to cash out my 401k to pay rent. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, you know, but like, yeah, he just, he would try to pay you in like hanging out and, you know, access to stuff he thought you want, wanted. And like, I don't care to hang out on your rooftop with like European models and have cookouts on the weekend. I'd rather you give me the money that you, that you paid for, for all this bullshit. Just give me the fucking money. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like once I realized that like, you know, pretty much all the contract. It was definitely one of those like three or four full-time employees and a bunch of permalance people. Mm. We're all looking at looking around like, yo, does this fool pay you? I was like, nah, man, he went to lunch and he said it'd be right back. And that fool would dip out on payday and just never come back. Right. And we see him on Monday. He's like, oh no, yeah, payday's in two weeks. I'm like, nah, man, payday is like was last week. Right. So like not getting paid, bro. Yeah. So like not getting paid to do work that you was doing. Um that was, you know, like definitely like worse than working in a, in a, in a toxic environment that paid you, you know, right. they're both toxic environments. Absolutely. But like, at least, at least I got benefits and got paid at one every two weeks. Right. You know, right. You but, would see the check coming at the minimum. At yeah. The minimum. So I mean, I, I think that made me realize that, oh yeah, I got to get up out of um, like the music entertainment space, uh, you know, cause I, I definitely wasn't going to try to like get a job at one of the majors, you know, Def Jam or Atlantic or anything like that, because, you know, a, a bunch of music, they, they, they paid their bills out off of that I just couldn't stand to listen to all the, all the time. Um, you know, it's like nobody, like, be where you want to be. Don't show up somewhere and be like, you're lucky I'm here and just talking shit the whole day. That doesn't serve anybody. And that's the uh, thing they especially like to do to young Black folks, or just Black folks in general, where it's like, oh, you're lucky to be here. Like, aren't you happy to be with us? It's like, I'd be happier if you paid me what I'm worth. Yeah. <laughs> Thank uh, you. you know, living, living ain't cheap. Living as a black person was like, you know, scarce access to health care and like not really knowing fat family health history. Right. Generations before you had no access to health care. Like it's expensive to be black. Yep. And for them to like routinely just underpay niggas and not give us opportunities that, that you know, they would give a white counterpart or something like that was just crazy. A white I mean, counterpart who like, has less experience than you at that. Yeah. It's just, a, it's just offense on top of offense, you know? Yeah, it's like, you know, it, 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 it's... It made me itch going to work like the last year I was there. It's just like, this ain't it. Um, so yeah, those two are definitely like the worst, the worst um, like jobs I've had in like my adult working career. Um, and there's nothing it, worse than that kind of situation. Well, there's other things that are definitely worse, but going to a place every single day that you just, just, I, I remember just fantasizing in my, while I suffered in the cube farm about like, like dramatically sweeping everything off my desk and just walking out. Oh yeah. Like, Super you know, Dave Chappelle won the, won the lottery. Yes. <laughs> picking trash cans. And yeah. yeah <laughs> I saw I think, that uh, on, on a loop in my mind when, like while playing um, freaking Kanye's spaceship. <laughs> yep. On a loop. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> That's his, that is his greatest song, in my opinion, man. Like, I agree. Is, Hard agree. That kept me oh, from boy. murdering a lot of motherfuckers. Is all I. Oh know. yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't worked at the at the Gap briefly in high school. I'm like, oh boy, this is this is my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then you didn't ask this question. Maybe you're going to next. But my definite favorite job was Blockbuster when I dropped out of college. I, I should add that movies. as a question. I always end with the "What's the worst damn job you've ever oh, had?" Man. Yeah, I, I got ten free movies a week. So I got to catch up on a lot of classic movies I, I'd never had seen to that point. So that was, it was like informal film one-on-one, mm-hmm. you know, education there. Like my coworkers, a lot of them were like other friends of mine from high school that, you know, were going to school locally, like a community college or dropped out to. And we just, you know, having a good time going to lunch together. It was just, it was like low stress. I, I had a great time in my, you know, I miss Blockbuster. I miss talking <laughs> about movies with other people. That oh, did you like. watch the documentary about the last one? I haven't yet. It's gonna break my heart. I know it will. So, like my um, one of my that. one of my college teammates. I ran track at uh, Rice University, and one of my um college teammates. He was like, I think he was a senior my freshman year. Um, when he left college, he ended up moving back to the Dallas area where he was from, 
mm-hmm. and it ended up being like becoming like very high up at um at Blockbuster. He was like oh, wow. I don't know third line from the top somehow. So like we he's he's on one of the homie group chats now. Like we definitely when that Netflix documentary came out, we was tagging him on like yo, <laughs> this could have been y'all, <laughs> but y'all had a vision, y'all couldn't see it. Um, I was like, you like Will Smith not doing the Matrix because you didn't understand it and letting Keanu Reeves take the bag. Like, <laughs> you had, you had a in, the, in, the, in the Smith house that actually ended up showing up in that joint was in one of the Wacker movies. Bless. Boy, you could have had a, a Black Man Messiah with a little flat top and Jordan 5s. And you like, nah, I don't get it. I'm going to go do Wild Wild West. I'm like, that's a movie. Oh, that movie did not hold up. Right. <laughs> Ain't no reboots of Wild Wild West. <laughs> no, no one is clamoring for a Wild Wild West reboot. <laughs> no. no one. <laughs> that was a bad movie, and it looked bad. Like I feel like if you read the script, you would have known it was bad. It's like robot, robotic spider monster. What the yeah. fuck is this? You you understood that, but the Matrix was too. Yeah, cool. like Cowboys and Aliens was better than that, and that was a ridiculous premise and. <laughs> like how James Bond go from doing James Bond, Daniel Craig go from doing James Bond to doing Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> and it, yeah, you know, anyway, a lot of bad choices out there, you know, just learn from it and move on, I suppose. Um, but yeah, Blockbuster definitely, I like my job now, but Blockbuster is definitely like- I'm trying to think what was my best job. Favorite job, maybe not my best. Favorite favorite job, yeah. Um, I would say it was very hard work and it's still the hardest work I've ever done, but it was fun because I was doing it with my friends when I worked at KFC for a summer. Hardest job, messy, dangerous, Mm -hmm. full of assholes. (laughs) But I was working with my friends and it was 90. So it was fantastic. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like 15, 16. And I was able to buy my own polka dot shirts for for school that year. It was very exciting. Yeah. (laughs) And lots and lots and lots of free chicken. Yeah. uh, I yeah, was, so it's, I, yeah, it's like I, I guess what also made that good is like at that point I didn't need much. I didn't. Right. I didn't think I needed much in life. So I didn't I have like, any oh. overhead. Yeah, you know, like for some reason my parents were were let me live with them still when I dropped out. I eventually that was ended nice up going back to school. So like, all right, but you know, I came I came back back from school like burnt out, mm-hmm. just hanging out for a few months. So like, you need to get up and do something. But I used to have my hair mad long. She's like, you need to braid that stuff or cut it off. I'm like, I'm not sitting in a chair for, for three hours every week, getting my hair rebraided. So I had to buzz my hair. You know, my hair was like nine inches long. It was, it was, that was a mess. So yeah, I was like, all right, I'm gonna go get a job. When you got a job at Blockbuster, it was like, it was enough to keep them quiet while I, you know, knew I was trying to figure, figure stuff out. But yeah, I watched a lot of good movies. Got a lot of good soundtracks, hung out with some friends that I, I hadn't seen in a while. I didn't get a chance to really, really know in high school. Hmm. Came a lot closer. Like, it was, it was, that was my favorite working experience. I but really I'm like what I do now because I get to work from home, just wake up at 929, roll out of bed to the computer and keep the Zoom camera off while I sit yes. in meetings, but. Correct. Um, yeah, the, at this point, having the camera on is violence. I mean, at ah. the top of of, um, of quarantine, I was working at a nonprofit and like they loved a check-in meeting, like one-on-one meeting, everybody meeting. Uh, the the interrogation meeting. It was just a bunch of meetings. And it was right. like all of this could have been emails. Hit all me on the this could have been a <laughs> phone call, a 10 second phone call would have done. But nope, you want me to turn on the camera. And after a while, you I used to be dressed up, jewelry, business up top, party. Yeah, yeah, we're waste up though, right? <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. And it was, it was all, you know highly professional because I am an HR professional. So mm-hmm. all highly professional. And then yeah. like after a while, I turn on the camera would come on and everybody was wearing like stretched out t-shirts and shit. And I was like, you know what? Y'all gonna get this, this artfully tied up scarf. Yep. And an earring. <laughs> and I started like keeping a bra. <laughs> keeping a bra and like a quick jacket to cover mm-hmm. up my, my dirty shirt. And just <laughs> They got nothing at the end. It was like, oh, be blessed man. that I'm here, guys, because I'm barely making it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've definitely enjoyed that for the most part. Like, everybody's low-key as far as, like, how they show up on Zoom. But That's good. That's amazing. Uh, Friday, I had meetings from when I woke up until, like, 2.30 in the afternoon. That's before even doing anything. I'm like, yo, some of this stuff can just be filtered to me in an email. Really? It really could. I feel like the obsession with production is what really has cats going crazy right now because... 
there are people who've worked from home their entire careers and they're like, yo, I've never had this many meetings in my life. Yeah. yeah. I've never had this many <laughs> like, y'all, let me show you how to do this, son, because <laughs> I've been doing this. Y'all just got here. Y'all late right here. and y'all you're being wrong that. as yeah. usual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> please let me show you <laughs> from my sanity and yours, please. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just hoping they don't expect us to like go back to the office full time. I feel like there's everybody- no excuse for it. Like I really would try to talk a lot of cats or at least give people the flexibility. There are people who need to be in an office. Mm-hmm. There are people who are like me who are perfectly fine. Never seeing anybody and being in the house. Mm-hmm. It's great. And it's, it's, I thought I was a social creature, but realizing like how much I've enjoyed not seeing anyone this last year has been, I mean, I, you know, I miss eating out at places I like to eat. There are definitely a handful of people like, man, I really miss hanging out with y'all, but like by and large, this touch and go on social media is just enough. (laughs) Just enough where I'm not forced to do anything. Like there's math functions, like, you know, I'm a Greek. So there's always something. I stopped going to people's stuff a long time ago, but it feels less like, oh, well, so-and-so's in town and you blah, blah, and you're going to come see him. And I'm like, Ugh. now it's like, oh, shucks, darn, COVID. <laughs> yeah, like I was out walking the dog just now and, you know, like a family that we that we know um, that lives down the street, um, the, the wife went to high school with Megan here in Seattle, you know, back in the 90s or whatever. So we see them all the time. We, we stop and chat. But they were like going up the street to another friend's house that we also know to like have a a picnic in their driveways and like hang out and he's like hey feel free to come up the street you know when you're done like yeah this is about all the interaction i need you know for this weekend i'm going back home and talk to my girl max and then we'll play xbox until (laughs) there's no one here to shave me i'm doing what i want the girls ain't here you know i'm just gonna eat nachos (laughs) play xbox you know watch some hbo that's it walk the dog one more time I might order nachos again. I'm supposed to be on a diet, but I do what I want. I with tea. I with the tea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, die is in the word. So, yeah. <laughs> well, anywho, so that was my last question. And this was awesome. You survived it. I survived. Thank you again. Thanks for, for having me. I hope um, my answers were useful. Oh, they were absolutely useful. I'm certain. Uh, some of your fans will hear this and love it because you know you got a fan base. <laughs> I don't got fans, I got family. <laughs> Fast of course, you see, I'm representing <laughs> in the constant, constant state of rage. Oh man. That is me. I was like, that's, oh, that's, that's gonna be my first NFT right there. Yes, it should be. <laughs> Take off, get money. <laughs> yeah. If I can figure out how to do it. Yeah. like it's so funny because I remember I had I, this is like my second one of these because I ran the other one into the ground and I and I remember going to like some New York magazine event or whatever and I was you know they had the stupid photo booth or whatever and I had this shirt on and I took the picture and I walked away and she was like what you know about that Frank I was like ah who's that I don't know who that you don't was know? Nobody <laughs> before, but she, knew, she knew the vibes she knew oh boy <laughs> You got the friends and family code, right? No. Oh, we about to do that. Yeah. I'll, Please I'll, and thank you. Because I need more shirts. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll DM you after after we hop off here. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Cause I was there's some stuff I want. <laughs> oh yeah. They don't need they don't need to pay full price. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, this was wonderful. And thank you so much for carving out some time for your girl. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So that was my discussion with Frank. William Miller Jr. It was fun. It was great. <laughs> it was great catching up with him and, um, you know, kind of think about his thoughts and uh, about the future of, of his work and um, kind of how he got to the place where he's at. Um, super thoughtful, super cool. Um, really enjoyed it. Hope you guys enjoyed it too. So let's get in to these key takeaways. My key takeaway for this week is that uh, normal is overrated. Um, I liked very much. <laughs> I liked very much being a hermit in my house this last year. And the fact that people want me to go out and do stuff is kind of bothersome. Um, 
I know I'm not alone in this. Solidarity to all of you who really liked not having to deal, because that is pretty much where I'm at right now. Um, I returned to the gym last week, and uh, just in time for the city to open all the things, and your cousins are in there deep and regular and maskless, because now... You know, we're on the honor system, I guess. So it is optional if you're vaccinated. Keep it. Um, It was very off-putting to go into the gym and see all these meatheads on the racks, sweating all over everything. I don't know if people are actually cleaning after themselves. I'm never going to know because the racks, the weights, that whole section canceled. I'm not touching none of that shit. I'm not lying down on a fucking what you call it. Even though I bring my own cleaning products and I really just be Molly the maid on the the one machine I use, which is the elliptical. But baby, I'm not. Mm-mm, nah, sorry. Canceled. The idea of sitting in somebody else's like, I don't care if they wiped it off. Cheek, sweat, canceled. Can't happen. It's over, baby. It's not going to be me. I, I like the elliptical because you're standing up on it and basically you, you're touching it. And I make sure to wipe the shit out of every orifice of that thing before I use it. And I bring my own hand sanitizer because I can't trust nothing. Yeah, it's real out here. I, be, I, I will still continue spraying the inside of these fucking lockers because baby I'm not going into the locker room that is also canceled the idea of being in that moist ass room the fact that I did that ever like uh yeah nah over anyway that's pretty much all I got um normal is whack um I liked I like um hermiting I'm really into that and it's hot now, so people are really like, the hood is back, baby. <laughs> Folks was out there loud and lit. I went out to dinner with the husband um, at this very cool ramen place in the neighborhood that I'd never been to because it was the only place that didn't that had no problem letting people in there to do stuff, to like eat. And they had a cool setup in the backyard where you can be outside, but they had their like little kind of like little booths. It made me think like I was going to go do karaoke or something. And, you know, it looked sufficiently cleaned. Everything was sealed all the way to the tippy top. We weren't sitting in little greenhouses out on a corner somewhere. Pretty lit. Um, I just can't see myself going to any of the other neighborhood spots because everybody's got the same idea and everybody's sitting outside just talking all over each other and breathing all over each other like air doesn't you know, like travel, I I can't do it. This just, no, absolutely no. No, absolutely not. Birthday parties are still canceled. Um, I just, I'm not, I can't do it. It's just, I, I just cannot. Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling. There's literally nothing here for me to say <laughs> that you haven't heard already. Um, keep washing your hands. Keep wearing your masks. Keep, keep that, uh, Purell on decky and take care of yourselves, and take care of each other, and I may or may not talk to you next week, because I feel like I need a break, so if I don't show up next week, you'll know why, but it's possible, I don't really know, haven't decided yet, anyhow, maybe see you next week.